Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Rob Butler from Towboats US San Diego. Um, Rob owns Towboats in San Diego and is the guy that comes and gets you probably if you're going to break down. So he had a great story. Came up here, uh, spent a lot of time with us, broke down a lot of things on things you might need, uh, tips. God, you can hear my kid in the background. I'm sorry. Tips. Uh, about what you should be doing if you break down all kinds of crazy stories great dude and not only that he's giving cast and crank followers a deal so per him he said even if say you have a couple months left on your your uh, towboats membership if you want to renew again right now he's giving you 50 dollars off so what you have to do is either call towboats us san diego or you can um, email them on Towboats US and mention Cast and Crank Podcast. Please do that. Let me know. Tag me if you do get a new one because I just want to see how many loyal followers I have. But I don't have many, I'm sure. But <laughs> if you guys want to get a deal, I'm going to get one because I'm I uh, my boats. I'm going. I think I'm going to try to go to Cat. But either way, go check it out. Trying to give you guys a deal. If you guys are into it, cool. If not. Uh, Follow him on Instagram, Facebook. Great dude. Thank you again, Rob, for coming on. Uh, Today we have no no ads. I just want to talk about a couple things. First thing is Black Friday. So the first tackle shop I'm going to mention is Performance Tackle. They're having a sale starting tomorrow. So please go check out Performance Tackle. Go see Joe and Mark and Kenny and uh, tell them Nick sent you. And uh, go buy some stuff, man. Support your local tackle shop. Next tackle shop I'm going to support after that is Fishing Alliance, LA Fishing Alliance. Go down there. They're having a sale this week, too. I'm not sure how it's working out, but please go check out LA Fishing Alliance. Go check out Dean. He's got a ton of stuff, axe blades, you name it. It's all down there. And it's a cool shop, and it's in San Pedro. So please go down there. Tell Dean we sent you. And lastly, go check out uh, Fish Hall Brand. It's my buddy T. He's got a couple new designs coming out. I'm pretty sure he's going to do a pre-order, so please check that out. And lastly, I kind of have an idea. I don't know if you guys would be into it. I, I kind of want to do it. Let's do a uh, – I want to run the cat in my boat. I feel pretty confident in it now. I, I ran it this weekend with my buddy Evan and, and Juan, and uh, 
Paul and Shahab, and it ran great. And it ran totally different than Slam or nothing like that. But if let's do a meetup to where even if there's COVID going on, we don't got to fucking um, deal with it. And we can just go do like a drive down to uh, Catalina. If you guys have a small boat, maybe like a 40 or a 60 and up. I have a 60. I feel confident going in that. But everyone can buddy boat. Maybe we'll do a trip to Catalina, like a meetup. And go fish cat, dude, and, and maybe do like only a couple hours down there, come back, or maybe we could do a meetup where everyone fishes like the the wall or something. I don't know. I'm throwing around a tournament maybe next year in July, doing a cast and crank tournament and calicos, uh, and then getting a big payout for everyone. I don't know, man. I, I I'm just throwing it out there. But either way, we'll do something. Um next month I'll check out Okuma fishing. Their Patreon sponsor this month. They're sponsoring with the uh, two-speed Kavala. Please go check them out. And if you are interested in winning one, please check out the Patreon. And you have a chance at winning a two-speed Kavala. So, again, I thank, thank you, Akuma Fishing, for donating that. And that's about it. Go to iTunes, give us five stars, and leave a positive review. I'd appreciate that. And next month, we got some big stuff coming. Next Monday is going to be Oliver Nye and Carnell Lee, which is Dimension on Instagram. Uh, it was a great podcast. And then starting next month, we got a lot of good ones coming up. We're doing the Swimbait Underground Roundtable. I'm not going to say who for sure is on it. I think it's Chris Purcell, Matt Purcell, and Mike Gilbert. I got to confirm that still. Again, we're going to have Manny Chi on there. Matt Purcell has his own podcast. It's going to come out. Same thing. As well as I'm hoping for one more person. I'm not going to say the person because I don't know yet. I'm waiting on it. So hopefully this all goes through. Please uh, check out the Patreon and give us a five-star review. This is a long intro, but I appreciate everyone that's been listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe. Uh, Yeah, man. Try not to uh, spread the, the vid, bro. I don't want anyone to get hurt or sick or anything like that, man. I'm scared of it because I'm a fat piece of shit. But, hey, what are you going to (laughs) do? All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, well, we go out fishing, and it's like if if the boys are screwing around, she'll – Everyone's yelling and cussing. She'll she'll go off on everybody. (laughs) She hasn't. I agree. Um, Okay, I guess we're ready. It's Bob Butler. Rob Butler. Rob Butler. I'm sorry. It's Mike's fault, not mine. I was Bob until I got married. <laughs> Why did you lose the Bob? Well, my wife's got uh, five Bobs, Roberts, Robos, Bobbies. Oh, really? And it was like Rob was the only one that was left. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Rob runs. He saved your life. That's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> he's, if you're in San Diego, he's uh, the guy that usually comes to get you when your boat breaks down. And uh, this guy probably has more boat stories than everyone combined because he saves everyone. How long you been doing it for? Um, well, I've been in business for 31 years. Wow. But uh, I've been doing it since uh, some 18, so 53. Wow. Um, did you have – was it was it still Tobo to U.S. when you started? Or no. You did your own deal? No, no. Um, so Vessel Assist is the uh, founding company out of the East West Coast uh, – Back in the early 80s when uh, Reagan uh, made it to where uh, government couldn't compete with private enterprise, Mm -hmm. this industry was formed um, with two different companies. And uh, Vessel Assist was on the the West Coast. 
I actually had a, a at 18, I had a charter boat. Oh, okay. I was uh, actually one of the first legal American charter boats down in Mexico, down in Cabo. Oh, no way. And while I was down there, I met a, a guy who had started in Newport Beach where the original vessel assist boat was. And he had moved down and started Vessel Assist San Diego. And he took me under his wing, helped me get his get my captain's license. I had a higher captain the first year I had my boat. And when I came up to San Diego, I would deckhand for him. Then when I got my license, uh, because back then there was no membership or very little members, sleeping at the bait barge, waiting for that one job. There was like five or six guys out there all trying to get the, into this niche. And uh, so what I'd do is I'd let him get on the, uh, he'd, he'd hang out on the boat and I'd go run one of his boats for him. And uh, I started off salvaging uh, one of the charter boats out of uh, San Diego and uh, just got in my blood. And So when you say salvaging, what is, what is that exactly? The salvages of a boat wrecks, takes on water. Uh, this was a charter boat, the Sundown. Okay. That crashed into a beach off of Rosarita. So you're dealing with not just San Diego, you're going down to Mexico. Well, my, my, my area, we're, we're contracted areas. There's, okay. there's, I think there's, uh, oh boy, 200, 300 of us throughout the country. Oh, wow. And we're in every lake, every waterway, you know, major waterway. Uh, my area is from pretty much, uh, Del Mar, the 3300 line on the, on the chart mm-hmm. down hundred miles South, hundred miles out. Wow. And, but we've gone farther South for, you know, beyond our membership. Uh, the membership base sets the the coverage, but uh, we've already taken a we've already towed a boat up from Ascension, which is uh, eighty miles south of uh, Turtle Bay. Oh my god! And, Did but, you have to do that one? Oh no! I let, <laughs> I let my boys do that. Um, when you first started doing it and you got your own rig, what what did, what kind of boat are you looking at when you're going to get into it? Like, so you you you. Worked on the guy from Newport's rig, and you're like, okay, I got to get my own. What did you get? Well, what happened was, uh, ironically, I down in Cabo, I met my wife in Cabo, San Lucas, chased her out of the Giggling Marlin, and <laughs> she worked for Alaska Airlines, and we moved up to Washington, and shortly after being up there, uh, Dave LaMontagne, who's mm-hmm. the founder of Vessel Assist, he uh, got a hold of me through my, my buddy Rich, and says, hey, let's do Vessel Assist up in the Northwest. And I was moving furniture, doing whatever I could to make money working at boat yards. Yeah. And uh, I called my father-in-law, who uh, is a union electrician, you know, save every penny type of guy. I, you know, I just bar- barely met the guy. And and I was struggling to, you know, just keep a – we had a young family, had a kid on it with us. And uh, so I called him up. I said, hey, I just got a chance for this job promotion with this moving company. But I have this opportunity to go into business for myself, uh, running a towboat. And uh, we're going to do the vessel assist up here. And I was waiting for this, son, you need to save your money and you need to you know, think about your future. And <laughs> and the first thing that came out of his mouth was, go for it, man. You fall on your face, you can always get back up. And that was it. So uh, I got a hold of uh, Dave LaMontagne up in, uh, in Newport Beach. Mm-hmm. And I, we actually bought a boat from the San Diego operation. Uh, an old 1966 Kenner single inboard 350 Chevy. And uh, we towed it up to Tacoma and we got it all rigged up. Literally launched the boat about 1030 at night. I did my first tow at 11. No way. that quick. You were in Tacoma, though, up yeah, North Oregon, this right? Is a, yeah. Okay. okay. 
So you so, started up in Oregon? No, no, Tacoma, Washington. Oh, Washington. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I started. You started in Washington. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm like, I was it, man. I was just, I'm in business. Little did I know that first year I'd only tow 24 boats. And to put that in perspective, uh, two weekends ago, we towed 41 boats out of San Diego. So, but still, I was doing salvage work and dive work and whatever, you know, making money is making money. You yeah. figure out a way. And uh, so, uh, the first couple of years was a struggle. I was supported by a vessel assist here locally. And uh, 1994, it was just a tough year. Yeah. Real tough year. Couldn't pay our electric bill. Um, and I sat down with my wife and I said, look, I'm going to give it my all this summer. If it doesn't work, we're going to shut it down. I'm just going to go. I can go get a job. I can make more money being miserable. <laughs> right. And uh, so January 9th, February 9th, and March 9th, one month apart, we had three major big salvages, big money jobs. Wow. $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 jobs. And it went from... We were struggling to, okay, this is it. And then as that happened, working the boat shows and getting my local, uh, get my local knowledge, na- my name going, and working really hard with the Coast Guard, our mm-hmm. membership base started building with Vessel Assist. And uh, when I moved into Vessel, when I started Vessel Assist, in, uh, we had 300 members. And then in 1999, I had the opportunity to buy San Diego. And I know we had over 10,000 members when I left. So, so Vessel Assist and tow, and tow Boats U.S. is two different entities, Well, right? I'll, I'll, I kind of roll into the okay, story. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, so, sorry, I get excited. Yeah, I got yeah, so many fine. questions going on in my head. So 19, 19 <laughs> so uh, Washington's Washington, and we, we did a bunch of stuff. But again, during the winter, I was a, a, a assistant wrestling coach and uh, a wrestling coach for the junior high, and I was doing a bunch of side work just to – kind of keep things going my wife had a good job at alaska and then she quit working in alaska because we had two kids now and it was easier for her to stay at home than mm-hmm. to pay for daycare and so uh 1998 came along along and this opportunity popped up in san diego and i had my business working to a point where i was working with this guy at a boatyard and uh i just mentioned him hey i'm thinking about buying san diego and yeah. the first thing that came out of his mouth, he goes, well, if you buy San Diego, I want to buy Tacoma. And his name's Chris Conti, still owns it. And So uh, you did you run Tacoma at the time? I had Tacoma. You owned Tacoma. At one point, at one point I had Tacoma, Seattle, Everett, and I had the whole Puget Sound. And then okay. because of logistics, it's so hard to run, the, especially at the, at the infancy of this industry, mm-hmm. to run those type of operations with a very, very limited budget by myself with, you know, you're relying on captains and. Uh, it was easier. I found a, a really good guy in Seattle, and I, I just sucked down to basically I covered from Seattle down to Olympia. Okay. With one boat in Tacoma and one boat in Seattle. Wow. Um, pretty much from the time I started, 1990 to 99, I never had a backup captain in, in Tacoma. I did everything myself. How many hours were you working a week? Sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes it's you're always on Sometimes call. Sometimes a hundred. There was time when we first when we first started. My wife would we only had one car. My wife would literally drive me to down to the boat, go drop the kid off at daycare, and I'd lit, just sit on the boat all day long. And then when she got off of work, so. oh, just in case, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that, that that one job. You yeah. Know, in fact, it was kind of funny. Uh, my oldest daughter now, who she's a partner with me in the business. Um, 
I had this job. I was it was slow, so I, I'll just watch the kid. We don't have to pay for daycare. And I had this guy break down at Tacoma. And he had to get towed all the way to Everett, which is about a ten hour tow. Mm-hmm. And I had the kid, so I grabbed the kid. I had the car. <laughs> How old was your daughter at the time? Um, boy, not quite two. Oh man, you're and crazy. it's still a car seat. <laughs> so I grab her, got the car seat, got the baby bag, cruise down there, get going, get lit up, get the guy in tow. And I forgot the bottle in the car. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So <laughs> my daughter's literally sucking on baby wipes. And the, I had water with me. And yeah. you know, I literally tried to break her from a bottle that day. So I called my wife up. She's getting off of work. And I said, come meet me in Everett. Get the, you know, come get the baby. <laughs> oh, she was so mad. The baby, she wasn't that sunburned. But <laughs> been out in the sun all day long. or She had covered, but she'd been yeah, outside all day yeah. long. Probably a little bit uh, dehydrated, but happy as could be. She had a great time. Yeah. And uh, at least she didn't cry. And But my, my wife was so mad at me. Well, people wouldn't know, too. If you have a kid and you don't have that bottle, it's like, oh, that's the end of the world. Yeah. Like, even when you're on milk. I'm yep. like, my son only drinks almond milk. Yep. So I have to go to a certain liquor store or a, or a certain drive through like deli to get this almond milk. Yep. And there's times we don't have it. I'm like, oh, I'm screwed tonight. Yeah. He's going to scream all night, you know, mm-hmm. but... No, that's crazy. And well, does, does she does she a captain too as well? Your daughter? No, no. But uh, the the point of that whole story was as slow as we were. That was our rent. <laughs> we covered our rent that. Well, month that's amazing. With that one yeah. job, so yeah. And my wife, who's still with me and still loves me, I hope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to um, knock on wood sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I just got it. Oh, go ahead. Down. Hey, Tony. Yeah, what's up? Call you in a minute. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's that's Tony. Tony Olson runs my company for me. The, if you have to take a call, go ahead and take. No, it. that's fine. Okay. Uh, he Tony Olson's the guy that runs my day to day operations. Okay. Anyway, um, no, but that's how we had to make our money, and uh, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of you know, no vacations, no trips, no couldn't go out of town. Um, but anyway, so I ended up buying San Diego, and. Uh, who 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 owns the San Diego portion? Like, how does that work? The contract. So basically, uh, my company owns the San Diego contract. Okay. And then there's uh, Newport Beach. Uh, Long I'm sorry, Beach. I'm, I'm sorry, Dana Point, Newport Beach, Huntington Beach, Long Beach, L.A., Marina del Rey, Santa Barbara, Catalina. Then you go up down the coast, San Francisco, Santa Cruz. Do you take care of Catalina as well? No, that's uh, Towboat U.S. Catalina is a separate okay. company. Um, and uh, so my area is from. Carl, uh, from, uh, Del Mar South. Okay. So anyway, uh, I bought San Diego and I literally sold my house, sold everything we had and I'm driving down and I'm, I was, I'm, I was loading the U-Haul up and I had all my tools and all my stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh man, I'm buying this four boat operation. <laughs> I don't need any of this crap. Yeah. I don't need any of this tools. I don't need any of this stuff. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Little did I know. Um, anyway, I'm driving down I five probably two in the morning, got my yellow lab with me and I'm talking to my dog going, what the hell am I doing? You know, I own a house up here. I had everything I needed up here. I'm driving down here to, I don't even, I mean, we bought the thing in, in late October. Yeah. So it's like, we have to survive a winter and winters are always slow for this type of business. And, yes. And I'm like, I'm literally sold my life to try and survive one winter to see if I can get through this. And uh, so I roll in, my mom lived in Escondido. That's where I grew up. And uh, 
their downstairs guest room is uh, they have the whole it's a two story house, but the downstairs guest room we're laying there. I come into town probably around one in the morning, four thirty or five in the morning. We have an earthquake. This is and what year? This is uh, ninety nine. And it wasn't a big earthquake, yeah. but it was an older house with not the sealed windows. Yeah, yeah. And that sliding glass door just started rattling. <sighs> and uh, my wife's never been in an earthquake. <laughs> and I get up, and, and she's a little startled. Not that bad. It wasn't, like I said, it was just a little rattling. Yeah. And I turn around, I rolled over, and I said, well, that was either a good sign or a bad sign. <laughs> so I went in and, uh, you know, I bought the business, literally, and... Uh, I had my wife come into the office because I did everything up there. She was going to help in the office, and I was going to run a boat, and we had our crew. And we're just sitting there. Okay, if we could just do this many toes, we could just cover cover our nut just to get through the winter. And uh, the first weekend, we made enough money to get us most of the way through winter. Oh, that's amazing. And I literally sat down with my wife. It's okay. You go home. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> So then we moved on, and, and uh, so Vessel Assist, uh, is, is that's the that was our primary. You know, that's yeah. that was we were the big boys out here. There was a couple other guys in uh, two thousand two, two thousand three. West Marine made a move to buy Vessel Assist. Okay, they wanted the service product. It was one of their grand mm-hmm. scheme things. Well, at the same time, uh, Boat US was battling with West Marine stores. The Boat US store was battling with the West Marine store and they weren't, they were getting beat up pretty good. So boat us went into West Marine and says, Hey, we need to do something here. So mm-hmm. West Marine bought boat us when West Marine bought boat us, it brought in the boat us basic membership and which threw vessel assist out on their ear. Yeah. So it's like, man, we started reeling and there was all kinds of, uh, so there's still two, is it, is vessel assist still around? Uh, we're, we'll still go into this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. You got me excited, yeah, bro. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I, I'm actually, I, I sat on the board with uh, with Vessel Assist. Okay. Uh, as for the Towers Advisory. Yes. Um, and it came down to, do we, because we were, Vessel Assist was expanding. Mm-hmm. There was East Coast guys. Washington was getting big. Southern California was just locked. We had, Vessel Assist just had San Diego locked, uh, Southern California locked. And it came down to, you know, do we just suck back down to the east west coast? Do we just suck down to Southern California, um, or uh, do we sue? I mean, what? I mean, this is this is corporate stuff, not yeah, me. of course. And uh, so, Boat US came to uh, Vessel Assist, and the long and the short of it is, Boat US, Boat America Corporation bought Vessel Assist. So we had Vessel Assist on the west coast, Towboat US on the east coast, mm-hmm. Boat America Corporation owned them both. And that played out until 2008-ish or so. Um, Geico came in. Richard Hathaway came in and purchased the, and this may not be 100% accurate, but it's pretty damn close, uh, purchased the uh, Boat Boat US for their insurance. Mm -hmm. Boat US has a great insurance program. And that has morphed into now Geico actually has a towing program, which is our Boat US gold card. Okay. Well, part of the Geico Berkshire Hathaway thing was they didn't want the co-branding. So, about three years ago, maybe four years, three years ago, um, maybe four years ago, boy, time flies. <laughs> uh, 
we did away with the Vessel Assist brand. We still have it. We still have Vessel Assist on our boat. If you call for Vessel, more people call for Vessel Assist. Than they do for Towboat. Than Towboat okay, US, yes. but we're one and the same. Okay. All owned by Berkshire Hathaway, which is Geico. Okay, makes sense because I got my boat about four years ago and everyone said, you got to get Vessel Assist. I'm like, well, what, where the fuck is it? At? You know, like, yeah. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, it makes sense now, like, to say, yeah. oh, okay. You know, like, I get it all. You yeah. know, it's a big... Man, you've been—you're a lot of part of the history of this whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's you know? pretty, and, and, and for us, it's like we're every company on every company in Southern California, except for uh, technically I'm grassroots because I was a deckhand in San Diego before. Wow, some of these guys even started. Yeah, um, I didn't own the company, but I worked with it. But um, Dana Point just changed ownership about three years ago, maybe so. Uh, and then about 17 years ago, uh, Santa Barbara uh, or Ventura yeah. changed hands. And they moved, the people who owned Ventura are now uh, Tobo U.S. of San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. The uh, Delta art. Yeah. It, it says, yeah. Yeah. San Francisco Delta. Phil, yeah. Yeah. Phil okay. Delano. And I, him and I are the same age. We're, we were kids together. I follow him on Instagram. I they, He follows me back and yeah. I always look at his stuff. Oh, like, cool. Oh, yeah. And he does some cool stuff up there. And yeah. Then, and then in L.A., you got Sean Pittman, who's the third-generation tug captain. Wow. Well, Sean Pittman used to be a 15-year-old kid at a dispatch at Vessel Assist. His dad started the Vessel Assist in San Pedro. Oh, wow. Which was kind of funny because, you know, when we have, we have a big radio. We used to have, we have high-side uh, voiceover internet radios. Mm-hmm. We've had them for decades. Um, and so I'd be able to talk to California, and I'd be talking to Sean. So we kind of all grew up together. Um and then, uh, you know, walk, uh, Ken Walker in L.A., uh, Long Beach. Uh, Dave LaMontagne still owns Vessel Assist Newport. Okay. And uh, kind of a funny story with that is Dave LaMontagne always wanted to keep control of one operation. That way, back in the renegade days, if everybody went AWOL on him, he could cover everything from Newport. <laughs> There's no way he would ever did it. But, that was his, but uh, you know, he's actually the reason why I'm here today. Great guy. and uh, That's great. Ticked us off all the time. I mean, he always beat us up on this and that. I remember the the original uh, winter conferences we would have. It would be like, okay, who's going to protect David tonight? <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he stuck by us. We stuck by him. And that's why Vessel Assist is, is so successful out yeah. here. And then uh, Scott McClung bought uh, Dana Point from uh, David Drenick, who was another grassroots starter. So okay. they're very little new operation we're all old school stuff we all know each other we all know how each other operates uh we all have each other's backs and uh my area is a little bit of an anomaly because i'm 65 miles from dana point even though they keep a boat in oceanside technically they're harvest you know contractual harbor yeah, dana point yeah. so i have a larger f- fleet than everybody else because i have to cover everything myself where dana point newport huntington if they start getting busy they can start bouncing boats back and forth and uh but that being said, I mean, there's times where we get really busy and Dana Point will shoot a boat down to La Jolla and, uh, or sometimes in super rough weather, I got some bigger boats. Yeah. Um, we'll run out and go get that really ugly snotty night job. Yeah. Um, and then we always have Catalina. Those kids own half the damn Island. They, they got the fuel dock. <laughs> they got a boat yard. They got, they, they're great kids. Yeah. Kids. They're, they're just a little younger than me, but they, they were kids when I knew yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> But they're kind of in that hub where they got Catalina. Everybody goes to Catalina, and they could get to anybody quick. So it all works out good. The, the way the way that Southern California, except for San Diego, is set up, everybody's kind of in a loop. 
and uh, but it works out good. You, uh, how many boats do you have in your fleet? Um, I'm down to seven. That's soon, a lot. Soon yeah. to be six. So what? What had happened was in, in 2003. 2003 was our busiest year. Albacore were everywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, Albacore's like crack. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, I don't care how big you get these, bay liners, you get everyone out there. Trying. I don't. I don't care how big these bluefin can get. Yeah. I don't care how many yellowtail there are. I don't care if yellowfin are jumping. I don't care if yellowfin are in the bay. When Albacore show up, people. I mean, it is insane. We uh, we towed. So like 3,600 boats oh in 2003. God. And uh, we average about 22 to 2,300 toes a year now. So, but what I've done is I used to have, I used to have 10 boats and they would be, you're asking me what kind of boat I'd use. Mm-hmm. Any kind I can get my hands on back then. <laughs> I mean, our, 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 our risk management really wasn't, I mean, we're, there, there's a, a misconception of, of salvers being pirates, but, the fine line we had to walk, not necessarily the pirate stage, but you know some of the some of the most famous pirates had some of the shittiest boats. Jack Sparrow. Yeah, no, no, exactly, not, man. It's like get some duct tape and some bailing wire. We got to go tow a boat. So, so what it ha- what has happened is, as our volume grew, yeah, and uh, you know again, you know you're 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 competing against other companies. You're competing against. Um, Back then, the uh, Coast Guard Auxiliary was still towing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you pretty much you, you were modifying boats to be towboats. And, uh, and then around 2004, 2005, we have an organization called Seaport. We all sat down and said, listen, okay, we were over that pirate thing. <laughs> we're, we're beyond that. Yeah. Let's start, let's start working on our, our risk management. And, our, and we've, had some, we've had some pretty uh, serious nationwide we've been we've been blessed not to have any problems but we've had some serious uh crew incidents you know bad decisions or bad equipment or sometimes just weather but we've had some stuff happen where it's it's woke us up to where hey we really got to figure this out so over the last 10 years i've been upgrading my fleet to like i run a couple boats with 900 horse twin diesel 900 horse um so you're you're in the process of upgrading the fleet to match what you you're want. always doing okay. something. You're always yeah, I mean yeah, very okay. few companies can and, and there and there's some there's some guys like Miami. I mean, I think he just sold his original boat. Haney started in the oh, around wow. the same era I did. That's crazy. Because these boats are I mean, there there's a boat I there's built to last. One boat yeah. I have right now, I just got done painting it, is one of my original boats I just I bought with San Diego. Wow. And it's our workhorse. I mean it's got we bought, we put new motors on it in it in 2015 and we got 11,000 hours on them. Yeah. Let me fix that mic real quick. It's oh. dropping. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, it's, it's fine. I'll get it. Oh. This mic stand's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. So we, uh, we, uh, I just got done completely rebuilding 1972 so Coast Guard fireboat. Uh-huh. And uh, it started off with 400 horsepower. Now we got 900 in it. Wow. And uh, took the old fire pump off it because we don't put fires out. I yeah. Mean, there's been times where we've had to use extinguishers, but that's really not our job. And quite frankly, if there's a boat fire offshore, very rarely will the fire go out before the boat sinks. Really? Oh, yeah. In fact, even in the harbors... Uh, 
with the with the newest technologies, a lot of boat fires are put out by by the bay water. Not, I mean, the fire you can yeah, only put so much yeah, water yeah. in a boat before it can't take on any more water. Uh huh. So, uh, so we've upgraded that. Our safety equipment, obviously, you know, new new electronics, all this stuff, all the latest and sorry, all the latest and greatest. Um, and uh, and then uh, you know, we used to start, we used to use big heavy tow line tugboat tow line because we had a lot of horsepower. Now we're running a uh, Spectra uh, Amp Steel uh, wire rope, and uh, you know we tow a three quarter inch line versus two inch line, That's which wild. which makes it a lot easier. It's easier to store; it lasts longer. Um, we do a lot of shore uh, like beach salvages and stuff, like when the pongas crash on the beach. And sometimes we're, my guys are swimming in two thousand feet of line to get because you know, we got to be way outside the surf with our boats. And uh, so just to, and the new technologies that's that's brought us. Uh, into and it's it's that way with with pleasure boaters too mm-hmm. but uh more importantly what we've really worked on is you know we all wear we wear life jackets regardless that's a you know company policy um and i suggest everybody wears a life jacket there's no shame in wearing a life jacket i've i've got a 34 hydro sports for my fun boat and you know, always wear a life jacket. When always you're put a damn life jacket on, man. There's never been a life. I started doing that a little more too. Yeah, as well. There's never been a life jacket that's drowned. Um, here's a, here's some questions I wrote down. What is the scariest, I guess, tow moment in your time doing this? Like, what is your uh, one that's memorable? Like, wow, that 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 you know made me crap my pants. You know. <laughs> Boy, I'll be honest with you. That's a. I could go on for four days with that one um you have like one that pops out that's like oh man this is a big one for me maybe it's a big toe or maybe their seas are rough or i think the like scariest that. the scariest one for me believe it or not was a pretty a nonchalant toe but i was in tacoma and i had a uh i had a uh toe in the hood canal which is you got to go all the way up to port townsend and it's a big giant boot mm-hmm. um and i'd run about 90 miles to get this boat tow it back to seattle and i had i had gone golfing the day before and i had come down with bell's palsy oh shit and nobody really knows how it happens why it happens but i had it and i had my my deckhand was a 15 year old kid and uh so you thought you had a heart attack well it was a nice warm night we're cruising along and i couldn't feel like the left side of my face was all sagging and uh I had group health, which is Kaiser, mm-hmm. and so I'm talking to the the, the nurse, and I, I I started just not feeling right, and she says, "You go to the nearest port, or I'm going to call the Coast Guard, and they're going to come out and get." You. And she was worried about me, and when she she had the fear in her voice, that scared me, and, and my biggest fear was something happening to me with this deck hand. I mean, like I said, it's a beautiful calm night. I do this for a living. It's it, it, There was no risk in the actual job I was doing. It was mm-hmm. myself. And I remember going into Edmonds, just north of Seattle, and there's a big beach just outside the, the harbor. And I told him, I told the kid, I said, listen, if I pass out, I want you to set the boat to 10 knots, and I want to just keep going right onto the beach. <laughs> I said, don't, don't worry about it. The boat will be fine. Yeah. And I didn't want him to have to worry about trying to maneuver through boats or trying to. Yeah. Anyway, so I. I literally that that's that was probably to be honest with you that was actually i take that back now that see you're bringing this up it's one of the scariest moments health health wise you well, thought you thought it the was the second scary yeah. the scariest moment actual scariest moment was i was actually towing a boat and i got a call from dispatch 
And while I was towing a boat, somebody had broken into my house and attacked my wife. Oh, shit. And the, again, <laughs> boat aside, I ran it up onto the, on, I didn't even put it in the slip. Uh, luckily, everything worked out. She's beat the shit out of the guy. And, oh, really? Yeah, she. Uh, was this down here or was this up Tacoma. There? Yeah, Tacoma. she. Uh, she. The kids ran into the back room. She charged the guy. Actually, I still have the file cabinet. It's got the big den in it. I had a little office in my living room. And uh, she took the guy out, and he was as big as me. Shoved him into the shoved him into the uh, file cabinet, and luckily for him, I had a dive knife on top of the file cabinet. But she didn't see that. She got out, ran across the street where there was a sheriff, a sheriff lived there, mm -hmm. and he chased her across the street. And uh, the guy who owned the house went to the store. His buddy was there. The gun safe was locked, but he ended up. Warding the guy off with a machete till the cops came, oh, but but the scary part again, you're out there, you're you got somebody and you got somebody's life you're in charge of towing them in, and uh, luckily I was just putting the boat away. But again, that's more scary to me. Ten foot seas, fog, rough water, dangerous conditions. Um, it just part your of the families job. what's the yeah, most it, scary it's, it's, it's part of your health yeah something, so, yeah, yeah something something happening I, I wasn't worried about me i was worried about the kid next to me because at the end of the day i mean i knew i was okay mm -hmm. because i know myself but when the nurse started getting worried i mean i i was checking my pulse i didn't feel like i was getting weaker i just she put the scare in me that put the scare how long did it take for that to go away they gave me some, I think I took some steroids or something like that. I forgot what they, they gave me some meds. Um, it went away with me for in about two weeks. Oh. But I got a buddy of mine who had it, and it's been several years, and he still has a little bit of. My mother-in-law, dude, she got it probably like a year and a half, yeah. two years ago. And we thought she had a heart attack, so my wife took her. Yeah. And same thing, Bell's palsy, and she's still getting over it. It's still probably like 70% better. You can still see it. Yeah. But I just wonder, like different people, she's tried like shock therapy, everything. That's a yeah. scary thing. I could yeah. scare the crap out of you. I had half my body go numb before from yeah. the, from just a bad um, antibiotic I was allergic yeah. to. Yeah. So you never know. But, I mean, even uh, the seas down here. So did you run out to the boat that got ran over? Oh, this was a while ago. It was a sport boat. Oh, the, yeah. Um, actually, Tony, I was just talking to. Really? Yeah, we were, we were out there. We're the, we're, we were the ones that technically salvage the boat oh, when wow. i say the word salvage uh salvage me technically if i tow a boat it's a salvage but uh when i say the word salvage we're talking something above and beyond something our membership could do okay um anyway they we we brought it into uh into the boatyard and uh yeah that was a pretty that's crazy that was a tough one but you know again doing this for 30 years it's not the first time we've had how to many do. times have you had to go out and like I'm sure you've saved some people's lives, like actually jump in the water ever. Do you guys do that? I had this one case, and, and, and to this day, I could close my eyes and picture it. Um, there was a guy, and start, it starts off as a, as a funny story, and it turns into something that almost turned tragic. So I had this backup captain worker for me, great guy. He did a lot of work. He's a unlimited master. Uh, uh, runs a, a company out in the Gulf now. But mm -hmm. I had a guy out of fuel at Middle Grounds, the islands. And I sent him out there to go deliver him fuel. Uh, the the shelter uh, West Shelter Island uh, carries we carry forty gallons of gasoline during the summer because everybody uses gas. And he got out there, and we charge basically we charge thirty dollars a jerry jug. Uh, just easy math, 
it works out to we put five gallons in there yeah i've done it before yeah actually. it's yeah. just you know and again it's just easier technically we're, we're giving guy at jerry jug of fuel for 30 bucks we don't charge but again but anyway yeah so i told the guy <laughs> it'd be about five bucks a gallon for fuel it was 25 dollars back then and my guy got out there and said it's five dollars jerry jug and the guy only bought two yeah what at a dollar a gallon, I would have taken, I would have had him siphoning out of the tank of my boat. Just <laughs> top me off. Go back out. We'll wait. Bring me more. So he, he gets 10 gallons of fuel and they're running in at the same time. And it's, it's sloppy out. There's probably a good four or five foot rolling swell rolling around Point Loma. Mm-hmm. A disabled guy was coming in the backside at Mrs. Niga Jetty. This submerged jetty ends up on top of the rocks. And, uh, the lifeguards, the Coast Guard, the Harbor Police are putting on a rescue. Mm-hmm. At the same time, this guy runs out of fuel and on coming into the channel. And that current, when the swell blows, pushes you right over Zuniga Jetty. So I hear the guy, and I can hear the girls screaming in the background. And back then, I had a little 23 Blackman for one of my towboats. It was a fast boat, a 40-plus uh, you know, knot boat. Mm-hmm. And so I, I haul ass out there. And these guys are 10 feet from the rocks. They have an anchor out, which they did the right thing by setting an anchor, but trying to get up to a boat with an anchor dragging is really tough because I got to get to where the where that anchor line is. Yeah. So I, I tossed the guy on my tow line twice, and uh, and he, he just couldn't quite get a wrap on the cleat. So I told him, I said, so the... I, I'm trying to recon, you know, figure out what I'm going. By this time, uh, about a 43 or 45 foot sport fisher pulls up, and the boat came up the Zuniga jetty and it turned sideways. Oh my god! And I saw there was two adults and two children. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this thing goes bad, one to one, and the and nobody else could help because they were there. Everybody, you got to make a choice. So I'm sitting there. Right. I'm like, and then I saw the third kid who was literally pinned to the the floor of the boat in fear and i'm like oh gosh so i went over to the sport boat or the the sport fisher i said listen i'm going to throw the line at this guy one more time if this doesn't work i'm going to give you my tow line i'm going to go jump i'm going to stick my boat on the rocks we're going to get everybody on my boat and just just get us off yeah and uh so they got all positioned and this is all happening in seconds and i threw the line to the guy and uh, the line I threw him just had a knot on it. And he got a wrap, but he never never half-hitched his figure eight. Got a couple figure eights on it. And as I was edging him back, I could see the line. Uh-oh, I got to take this. No one. problem. Good. So anyway, so I get the I get my boat up there. I toss the guy the line. He got a couple wraps on his front cleat. And over the top of the rail. I, at this time, didn't matter about anything. I just need to get the people off. Yeah. And uh, the I watch I was watching the line pull off, going oh this ain't working. The knot caught, and seized it up just enough for me to idle him off, and got him out into deep water. But uh, that was one of those jobs. I got done that, and I I was shaking. The dad was the dad was shaking. Um, it was uh that that was that was close because. They were so enveloped with the other rescue, it would they would have had to go all the way around Zuniga Jetty to get there. It would have, it would have been it would have been terrible. I mean, I would have gone in the water 
to help the other girl or the other kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, the things like that are what really rattle you in this type of job. So here, this question's even better. So I want to know your, uh, like what usually makes something go South. So like, say, say my boat breaks down, what could make it dangerous? So like, if you could tell someone, Hey, if you're going to go out, you're going to go say farther out, you know, to catch bluefin or whatever it is, make sure you have these things, make sure you have that, you know, what do people usually don't have and really messes the whole program up? Well, number one is make sure that you don't out, out drive your fuel range. Um, the amount of fuel we deliver to boats is is almost criminal, um, and and to an extent, I understand people get out there, you get a little tied up. I've, I'm a fisherman myself; yeah. I know how it is. But uh, you know, the whole one third, one third, one third for travel, one third for fishing, one third reserve. Um, that's obviously you know, make sure your batteries are up. Uh, make sure if you're out there, keep your motors running. A lot of people shut their motors down and it's like that's really not that's really not a smart thing to do because you got your fish finder you got your bait wells you got your stereo you got whatever your cell phone's plugged in um and you know a dead battery is a dead battery um or have a reserve you know you got battery switches if you're going to shut your motors down Perico or something yeah if you're going to shut your motors down shut down one of your battery banks so you got something to start you have a starting battery and, and a house battery yeah um you know make sure that uh You've got a very good VHF radio. And when I say very good, I'm not talking about expensive. I'm just talking about one that can put out. Make sure that the end connectors are properly installed and, uh, and you know, per, you know, do a radio check uh, or, or, you know, spend a couple dollars. Have an electrician come out. The, the radio is the most important thing on your boat if you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, that so connector is a big deal, right? Putting it's a that huge, deal. Okay. huge deal. Huge um, deal. And uh, make sure the antenna is not broke. Make sure it's properly, it's, it doesn't wiggle. It, it Make sure it's securely mounted. Um, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And don't rely on your cell phone. Cell phones are great. In fact, with the new towers that they got, they got a new tower out on San Clemente Island. Yeah, that's what I was It's pretty awesome. I got full, I went out last week. I got full service the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is, is that we'll get into that in a minute, but we actually have an app set up right now where you don't even have oh, to no talk. Way. You don't even have to talk to somebody to get a tow. But the point being is, is if you're going out into deep water, don't rely on that. That's yeah, not your yeah. go-to. That is, hey, this is going to work perfect or uh, it's not working. Um, and then if you've got a problem, and I don't care how minor it is. Say your 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 boat sputtering to where you're concerned. You know, not not the normal. It's missing everything. You're really you really know that something's not right. Get on the radio with the Coast Guard. Yeah. Say, hey, Coast Guard, got a problem with my boat. We're fine. Just want to let you know. 
because FYI, yeah, yeah um, you don't know if that sputtering is your bilges are full of water and you're sinking. Um, but again, stay calm. Number one thing is stay calm. Make sure everybody's got their life jackets on. Um, and I don't care how proud you are, how proud your buddy is. If you're broke down, put a life jacket on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boat's moving in ways that, you know, when you're fishing, you're not thinking about it. You're up against the rails. But when you're standing around trying to fix something or trying to troubleshoot something, maybe you're not, maybe you're in the middle of the boat and all of a sudden you get the, yeah. that, that rogue little sharp wave that can, and, and it's not, it won't necessarily throw you overboard, but the last thing you need to do is fall and hurt yourself or fall on somebody else or, um, and then, uh, just really remain calm. Um, listen to the instructions of, of whoever's going to come out and get you, whether it's the Coast Guard or whether it's Towboat US, um, if we say, you know, keep an active radio guard on channel 78 or even channel 16 or 22, be on that radio, be ready to respond. Um, and uh, if you're taking on water, like this is a very common thing. If you're taking on water, first thing you do is feel the water. If the water's cold, you got a problem. If the water's warm, shut your motors down, you've got an internal problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a bad water pump, uh, bad bad riser. A lot of these outboards, you don't have this problem. Yeah, but, yeah. Feel the water. If the water's warm, you should still be very alert, but just rest assured that you're not going to get warm water in from the ocean. Do you have a recommendation for like a, a hand pump that you would use if you had one on your boat? No. Like you'd keep for you? It doesn't matter. A good, you put a good bilge pump. Um, and again, bilge pumps are uh, a good uh, rules. The king of bilge pumps. I know Sherwood makes them and I, I wouldn't be, all we use is rule. Because, yeah, so I was going to say rules is what I would what, it's 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 what they are okay i mean it's just one of those things where you know if you go to if you go to hey no i want to hear the truth so if you're like hey if i'm gonna buy something it's gonna be the best one to me rules the best rule you could buy you you could buy a rule bilge pump at walmart yeah okay um sherwood's a good pump too uh but there just aren't a lot of options when you come to that same with radios i mean there's about four or five brands Mm -hmm. a west marine 25 watt base and uh, I'm talking about a radio, a, a hard-mounted radio. Mm-hmm. A handheld radio is nothing more than an emergency radio. Um, they're good for about five miles at the best conditions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, uh, you don't need to spend $400 on a big ICOM, although ICOM makes the best radio. Standard makes a great radio. Uh, Simrad, Raytheon, these guys all have the new radios that are tied into all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, a West Marine, if, if budget is thing, a West Marine hard-mount radio... It's like 150 bucks or yeah, something. Yeah, 119 on sale. Yeah, but yeah. a hard-mounted West Marine radio with a 6 dB basic Shakespeare antenna mm-hmm. will blow any handheld out of the water when it comes to calling for help. Yeah, and uh, and again, it, you would be you'd be surprised how many people that we tow that don't have a radio. Yeah, I mean that's I didn't have one for a minute. <laughs> I have a 17 foot low. Yeah. I just redid my big thing that my friend Anthony turned me on to. Was the water witch, the switch that you put down next to the bilge? Yeah. So anytime you get more, when it touches that sensor, it automatically high water, high water alarm. Yeah, I love it because I've yeah. I've had times where like I'm like, why did that go off? You know, yep. I pull the LED and I'm like, well, maybe this was not turned off. Yep. Or, that's another thing. But yeah, I'd like to, I like knowing all these little tips. Like if you could suggest an anchor, like well, that, I like fishing the beach a lot because I fish yeah. calico a lot. Well, it's kind of funny you say that. Um, the amount of boats we help with no anchor. Would boggle your mind. I'm guilty. I, I, it should be. <laughs> I have a trolling motor, so I go, I don't need an anchor. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. 
it's kind of funny because you know you're, requ- you're required to have flares you're required to have yeah. this and that you are not required to have an anchor on really board. Yeah. i didn't know that not that unless the law has changed and i'd, I'd like to be corrected but you i mean sir can you set an anchor uh we don't have one uh okay well <laughs> do you have one that you suggest though you know what again you're talking about you're talking about a very limited line line of product um you want to make sure it's the proper size anchor for your boat, maybe a touch bigger, not too big, because you want to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. More importantly, make sure you have sufficient amount of chain, because the anchor doesn't actually anchor your boat. The chain is what anchors the anchor, which anchors your boat. Yes. And uh, and I, I always tell people, I don't care how big or small your boat is, because you can have smaller size of it, but I'd have 50 foot of chain on any boat that really? goes down the ocean. Wow. Because if you think about it, when that anchor sets... As you're dragging, it's trying to pull the anchor up, and the, what happens is that chain lays on the on the on the bottom, and it pulls the anchor parallel to the bottom, and that's what digs the flukes into the anchor. Yeah. And if you have a lot of guys have ten feet of chain, well, ten feet of chain and <laughs> ten feet of chain and a four foot swell equals about four feet of chain. Yeah. You know right, because yeah, you're, you're no, doing I this, get, so it's, instead of the it's, all of a sudden the chain's doing this, and once that you lose the set, okay. If your anchor does slip, don't expect it just to grab again. Let out more scope. And, you know, scope is seven to one, ten to one, as people say. Um, but again, you know, it's just one of those things. Have an anchor. Um, now, if you're in heavy kelp, like we have the Point Loma kelp, uh, <laughs> what we tell people to do if they're if they're outside the kelp, we tell them to hang the anchor about ten feet off the bottom, uh, ten feet off the boat, because it'll hang in that kelp. Odds are you're not going to drift through the kelp before we can get there. But no. you can hang on that kelp. Heck, if you don't have an anchor there, tie a, tie a trolling rod with some heavy. That's what I, I was just going to tell that's you. That's right all now. you need to do, man. Just a, <laughs> that's a good what lure. I did. <laughs> yeah. I got an iron. I yep. cast it out because I was on my buddy's. He popped a fuse on his whaler. Yeah. And I'm like, what are we going to do, man? You don't got an anchor. I'm like, here. Got an iron. had 50-pound braid yep. on there. I'm like, here you go. Hold on to the <laughs> rod, and I'm going to keep fishing. There you and go. And that worked good enough. It, right? All you I need mean. to do is slow it down. And, I, again, it's, it's one of those things where weather conditions has a lot to do with it. Odds of you rolling through the anchor. We prefer not to go in the middle of the kelp to come get you, but we can. If you um, have to, I'm sure yeah. it's like anything else. And, uh, but that being said, if, if you just hang on to a, a good chunk of kelp or something like that, um, one thing that I suggest that every boat owner owns is a PLB, personal locator beacon. It's like an EPIRB, same thing. They're 240 bucks. Okay. Yeah, I have one. Let me fix that mic. Or just turn the mic this way. There you go. So it's aiming your mouth. That better? And then turn it a little like back and forth. Like like this perfect yeah all right yeah um a personal personal locator beacon uh-huh. uh, all of my captains wear them all the time because if something goes wrong your boat could drift away from you and they may find your boat but you could be 100 feet away um has that happened to you before actually yes up in washington oh man yeah, i had a lot of stories from washington but that's the, the thing i want to know too is i see up north the the conditions are way different. It's a lot rougher up there. Uh, you know? Actually, I was in the Puget Sound. It's only really? coastal. Oh, really? Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it gets rough. I mean, you got six-foot rollers and stuff in there, but I was running at night, um, and out there you got logs, deadheads are called. Uh-huh. And uh, I had a vertical deadhead in my boat, and when I opened my engine hatch up, the water was already at the engine hatch. Oh, my God. So, so it I, popped a hole in the boat. Yep. Done. I had time to literally... And this was back when I wasn't wearing a life jacket. I had time to grab my life jacket. My little brother was with me. And uh, 
We grabbed our life jackets as the boat went down. The boat sat bow up because, you know, most boats won't sink. How quick did it go down? Within a matter of a minute. Did it try to pull you down when you guys were jumping out? boat never sunk. It just it just okay. sat there and bobbed. All right. Um, most boats have foam flotation. This was an older boat. but So we're sitting on the bow of this thing. I grabbed the flare kit. And uh, the base rule of thumb is you shoot a flare off. You shoot a flare off when it first happens. You wait an hour, shoot another flare, wait an hour. So I shoot the third flare off. Again, we're in the middle of the Puget Sound. Summer, it's probably, it's a warmer night, cold water, but we're fine. We actually got the, we <laughs> managed to get the rubber raft. We had like a Sears rubber raft. Oh, really? And we blew it up with our mouth. And my brother and I got it. We looked like a hot dog. In it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we're sitting there and we're going and I shoot the third flare off. And the one of the ferries was coming from Seattle up to one of the islands and they put the spotlight right on us. Oh, thank God. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So I shot my white flare off because I didn't have any more flares. And they started shining the light, the spotlight. They were just testing the spotlight. They never saw us. Shit. Luckily, there was a, a log tug, tug towing logs. They saw us. They were on the inside. We never even saw them. And probably about 45 minutes later, here comes a Coast Guard helicopter. And they're flying all around us. And they dropped a day flare in the water. And it lit up. What is that? The, it's, it's a flare that lights everything The red up. one. Yeah. Like this, you're, that, there's that one movie. God, there's a lifeguard movie. Yeah, with Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner yeah. Movie, yeah, like that flare you're talking yeah. about, right? Okay, okay. literally lit the, <laughs> lit the lit the entire. You could, it was amazing, and it still took them almost an hour to find us. Finally, the swimmer gets in, and we had the choice of waiting for another hour for the boat or taking a helicopter ride. And we took the helicopter ride. Do they charge you for that? No, that's so. nice. Yeah. Like oh, I mean, their life. We were we were in we were in in peril. I mean, that that's what. We probably could have hung out. We're both, we were both, I was in my late 20s. My brother was four years younger than me. It wasn't like we couldn't hung yeah. out there. But I'm thinking to myself, actually, what I was thinking was, I need to get back to Tacoma, get my other boat, get, there, get this thing. How many boats did you have at that time? I had one in Seattle and one to Tacoma. Oh, wow. So, but I had to get that damn thing out of the water before everybody saw my vessel assist boat. So. Oh, you're, you don't even care about that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey, I just want no, no well, one they, to see this. So they fly, they fly us into <laughs> Boeing Field. We they strip us down, and uh, we we had minor minor hypothermia, but they strip us down. So they have us in blankets. We go into Harveyview Medical Center in Seattle, which is one of the roughest ho uh, hospitals in Seattle. <laughs> There's a gunshot victim. There was a guy that got bit by a Rottweiler in the waiting room. Oh my gosh! And they rush us into this room, and they got these nurses rubbing our backs, warming us up. And I'm still thinking to myself, I need to get out of here. And I'm trying to tell the doctor, <laughs> Look, we're fine. And, you know, trying to get out of a hospital is tough. So finally the doctor comes in. He goes, all right, you guys are good to go. <laughs> all we have is these surgeon scrubs for you to wear. Well, we both put the surgeon scrubs on, and it's one size fits all. And my brother weighs about 150 pounds, and I'm slightly larger. <laughs> so the goal was to take the cab. Again, money's everything. Yeah. To take the cab to where we can walk about a mile to where my boat was. Well, I sat down in that cab and split from stem to stern. I'm like, well, I guess we're going, I guess we're going all the way to the boat. But we actually went and salvaged the boat and searched the scrubs with my ass hanging out. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah. So, how anyway. do you get? Do you have to? You have to like put the. Um, I've seen videos of it, so I watch like I'm sure you've seen qualified captain before. Yeah. On Instagram, so I watch that, but I see they put the. Um, like a flotation device. Float bags. So you yeah. have those. You do it all. The oh way yeah, deal. I've actually. Uh, um, I've got. Uh, we've got. 
probably about 250,000 pounds of float bags. Wow. In fact, I just posted a, a really badass picture on my Facebook page of uh, we were pulling it. We had a boat crash on the beach underneath uh, a Point Loma, and we had to float the mast off. And I had glow sticks on the mast with my boat 2,000 feet away. It was just one of those sunset yeah. pictures. It was awesome. But, uh, no, we basically we have float bags ranging from uh, – 1,000 pound bags, which really we only use those things to, to recover anchors. They're just too small for what we normally do. Um, up to, I've got a couple 12,000 pound bags. Wow. And which we rarely use because you really need a big boat to even, yeah. for volume of size. Uh, but most of what we use is 2,000, 4,000, and 6,000 pound uh, subsell bags. They're out of Rhode Island and they make most everybody's float bags. Do you have a dive team as well? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, we're all divers. So you dive as well? I used to. Do you spearfish? Oh, I used to. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I had this thing. At, I've been diving since I'm 13 or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, in my later years, I won't get wet unless there's a paycheck involved. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, my, uh, my older daughter um, was certified with a junior certification at 10 years and 20 days. Wow. And... We used to go behind Zuniga Jetty and do our, our shore dives. And I have more fun diving with her at, you know, an early age. Neither of us dive anymore. But it, I had more fun diving with her than I've ever had with any adult. Yeah, everything. And it was kind of funny. We went down 15 feet, and she starts tugging on my arm. And, again, I'm worried about my little girl. And she points down, and there was a halibut right by us. I would have swam right by it. I wouldn't have even look because mm-hmm. we're going to go to the rocks and look at all the cool stuff. And... uh I put my hand. I put my hand behind his tail, and his. Oh, I could gosh. not quite touch his. No, that's so he was this big. That's huge halibut. And I'm like, I would have, <laughs> I would have never done anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we're all divers. Uh, my son-in-law, um, Josh and Zico, he's our our go-to shoreline swimmer, and then my nephew. It's a family business. My mm-hmm. nephew Travis Basim. He's been a captain with me since he's 18. Um. He's one of our salvage divers. Tony Olson started off as a salvage diver, and now he has my take on it. It's like, let's watch everybody else clean their gear and get wet. Dude, and stuff. So you have an uh, inshore and an offshore kind of guy? Uh, like, not, you know, when you say so. Not it really. Like- it, it, we're, we're, it's just really the time. You know, there's times like one of these jobs, we bring two guys in. Um, most of what we do is in slip, in harbor, um, or if it's a boat turtle offshore. We don't do a lot of ocean diving how deep do you guys go usually uh never never below 30 feet okay yeah uh anything more than that and most of what we do is literally controlled in slip diving um when you start getting into ocean stuff there's so many different well there's rules and regulations that are that are really strict but it there's commercial divers for that and we'll sub them out and uh have them come in that happens few and far between yeah it's most most everything Again, most boats, I think, uh, in fact, pretty sure all boats under 26 feet have to be foam-filled, have to have okay. foam flotation. So what will happen is they'll take on water, they just turtle upside down. And then what we'll do is we'll ride them and then tow them in. Uh, but again, it's at the surface. We'll get a guy in there, sometimes without even just a, a swimmer, but uh, you know, a, a bottle of air to hook up a bag or hook up lines. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't do any... Now, I... I've done deep stuff. Uh, we recovered a boat out of uh, 500 feet of water out of Lake wow. Powell, oh, but I have an ROV for that. Mm-hmm. I sent an ROV down and we hooked up a, a line to it. And then we 
bounced over, a group of us bounced over and lifted it up 50 feet at a time. Wow. And, uh, but no, when it gets into the deeper stuff, and again, usually when it gets California, you go from 60 feet to 400 feet. So you go from something you can get to never mind. Yeah. Really quick. So yeah. we usually stay away from those. It's just the, the, the time and energy for what they do. Um, it just, it, it rarely happens. So. What about all the uh, pongas that wash up with drugs and stuff? I'm sure you've seen those as well. Oh yeah, we do all. <laughs> we, we we've seen all of them. Do you have to call like the police and be like, "Hey, no, there's." What happens is so the, we we come in after the fact, um, and uh, we work for a company that has. And this isn't my to- this is so my company's big Bay this Marine is complete, services. Yeah, okay. Towboat US we contract to, but anyway, um, we'll come in and uh, either pull it off by water or, or throw it on a trailer, depending on the beach we're on. But uh, we just we just did a forty footer with a trip three fifty uh, Yamahas, and uh, it had forty million dollars of meth on it. What do you guys do with the boats? Uh, if the boats are the they they all go to a seizure yard. And what um, do they do at the seizure? Yard? They get chopped up. <laughs> do they? Yeah. You can't resell them or anything. No. Um, if the boat doesn't have a whole whole identification number, they can't auction them. What about the engines? If the motors are four strokes, they got to be worth something. Like okay. usually the bigger ones, like the two fifties and three hundreds. Yeah. But uh, anything above it, mostly things are these old beat up Enduros and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they're two strokes, so you can't sell them anyway. Yeah. But that's not my job. My job is just to get them off and, and get them stored. Um, but the reason why I know is the forty million dollars worth of meth is we we get these care custody forms, and the agent handed me the ones for the ponga because each motor's got one in, and i got the carry custody form with the meth and i'm like hey man where's my meth <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'd have to shoot you so i gave i gave him the form back took the boat we, we took it away <laughs> oh that's crazy yeah. i'm sure you could see a lot of that and you've never have you ever found like people broke down or they just leave the ponga and they're like i'm done uh, like a drug runners coming we, from mexico we, up. we've got you know we got a few of them um we have a thing that we we just we we don't know anything. We don't see anything. The agents have a job to do. Uh, there's a uh, if if something's suspicious, you you know you report and mm-hmm. and if we see something ultra suspicious, just like everybody else, we'll make a phone call. And I mean, usually it's a a boat south of the islands, and they're out fishing, and there's no line on the reels and no fishing tips. <laughs> and uh, but then what we do is we'll we'll usually make a call, and then we bug out drop the guy off and then let the agents do their job. That's yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. You don't we don't want to get mixed up in no, it. We don't have any, no. we don't have any say so in it. And, yeah. But that's what's, you know, and it happens, it happens way more than you think it does. Oh, as far I'm, as, sure. I'm sure. I think we had two of them yesterday. So, um, so when you crash, like when your, your boat flips and it goes onto the beach, is that a whole different deal than it is if it's in the water? As far as the service for, for, yeah. The- so, so, Boat US or towboat US product that's for on the water towing, fuel deliveries, mm-hmm. uh, jump starts, and then soft groundings. A soft grounding is inside a harbor where one tide swing can get you off with one boat without a diver. Um, and it's what it's it was devi- it was invented by the companies by the parent companies um, to avoid us having to make a salvage claim because technically again. Technically, if you're out in the open ocean or even in the bay, technically when I tow you, technically it's a salvage. Um, but again, the evolution of the industry has made towing 
has separated it to a point where what they've done is they've come up with the soft grounding. Uh-huh. Very common for sailboats to be sailing down in San Diego and hit a shoal. Yeah. Sorry. And then it's as a as opposed to putting in an insurance claim because it's expensive. Yeah. Um, they we get a soft grounding fee or we get a soft grounding rate by Boat US and we pull them off and it saves everybody time, saves everybody money, puts the boater at, at peace of mind that they're not dealing with an insurance claim. Um, now, if you're out in the ocean um, and you go aground, that's salvage. If you're taking on water, if I have to put a pump in your boat, that's a salvage. And again, don't be afraid of the word salvage. Just protect you from the word salvage. Uh, the biggest problem people have with boating right now and they've had it for a while, is they don't insure their boats or they get improper insurance. Yeah. Um, everybody likes these bundle packages. Bundle this, bundle that. You know, they'll buy a they'll buy an $80,000 truck. They'll have a $350,000 condo, a $200,000 boat. And if they read the fine print on that $200,000 boat insurance policy, it's not worth what it's written on yeah. when it comes to our business. Um, I would suggest to everybody to, one, insure their boat, um, Again, you know, I'm biased, but I can prove it. Geico's the best policy you can have. Okay. Because they have a claims adjuster that can actually answer the phone 24 hours a day. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Where yeah. Every, every other company, you'll talk to a claims adjuster, but all they're going to do is file a claim. You're going to have to wait for, and you have a claims rep. You have to wait for an adjuster to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're on the rocks off Zuniga Jetty, we don't have three days to find out what the hell... <laughs> Is covered and not. Yeah, yeah. That's why that's why Geico is head and shoulders above every other company, and they're competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's other good insurance companies, and I don't care whose insurance company somebody has. But I feel like you're dealing with uh, tow boats, and well, you're, yeah. it's like you're already dealing with tow boats, and they're part of Geico. It's like yep. why not just? Well, Towboat US is contract. Geico will call us directly. Yeah, we'll negotiate our our prices. They know our prices ahead of time, and they'll authorize service. Without mm-hmm. the owner having to worry about, um, worry about uh, trying to, I'm trying to hold back on a saying I got, um, <laughs> but without without an owner trying to worried about the aftermath of costs and stuff like that because it is very expensive. Yeah, I bet. Um, we have this saying. Um, can I? <laughs> you're you gonna can, edit this you out can say whatever you want. Yeah, on we the got a saying. You're in good hands with Allstate, but we need a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Right, <laughs> uh, or if they're both su- if they're both sunk, I'll walk in there and go, "Hi, I'm Mayhem." <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great commercial. Uh, the the salvage policies of some insurance companies is actually written emergency services policies, mm-hmm. and some only cover five hundred dollars. Oh, that's horrible. If uh, if your boat's on the beach, like let's just call it. Pacific- the only reason I ask this too is I've had three friends that fish calico that actually have put their boats on the beach and had to call yep. and salvage. So one of them said, if you could flip it over, push it back in the water. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, but that's just a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you and know and there, there's a, there's a, there's a real fine line on <laughs> what we will allow. I mean, if, if your boats, you could push it back in water, but we got to get there and you're, you're knee deep in water. It's still going to be what it's going to be. The best thing you could do is be properly insured because one, you're going to kill yourself trying to flip the boat back over. Yeah. Um, and insurance for boats on par with cars is cheap. Um, but you might move in the mic back up. I'm oh, sorry. No problem. Can I just pull it yeah, up? Just push it. 
You're a big guy. Just push those wrestling muscles up. There, there you go. go. There you go. Perfect. All right. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's it's one of those things where take a few minutes, read the policy. If it's emergency services, uh, most insurance companies will require you to pay us and then seek reimbursement. We can't direct bill insurance yeah, companies. Yeah. Again, with Geico, we're already set up, and there's some other companies that we work with through surveyors, but these are usually larger insurance companies. <clears throat> I mean, smaller or more marine-based uh, yacht policies. Um, but more importantly, if if you do end up with in a save yourself, everything else is replaceable. Um, if you're up on the rocks, don't think that that tackle box full of gear is worth your life because. <laughs> Right. I've been on the beach before where we were dealing with it. We were in, we were in a Pacific beach, pretty calm night. Surf's coming in. The boat was still kind of moving a little bit, like coming up higher on the beach with the surf. And I was standing between, the boat was between me and the surf. And I'm just standing there. We're kind of seeing, hey, how's the boat looking? We're getting ready to pull yeah. it off. And a, a rogue, you know, big set came in and lifted the boat and skidded about 50 feet. And I was able to hang on to the gunnel of the boat and just kind of tap walks behind. <laughs> if I wouldn't have done that, it would have gone right over me. And again, I'm trained. I, I, I'm kind of, I was kind of waiting for, I'm waiting for something to happen. And you're reading the conditions. Yeah. Almost but, like you're fishing. Yeah. Right. And, and odds are if, you know, again, that, that tackle box is, or the fishing pole, you know what? Hey, is a couple thousand worth your life. You know, no. and most policies will have, you know, if you have if you have twenty thousand dollars worth of fishing gear on your boat, call your insurance company and say, "Look, this twenty five hundred dollars of insurance isn't going to cover this in a total loss. Can I pay for more insurance? Insure it." I got to do that. I have to do that because I just redid my boat. I spent probably about eight grand. I, I, it was a low. I yeah. bought it brand new four years ago, but I I turned it into center console, mm-hmm. put hydraulic steering, put sea deck. Yeah. New fish finder, everything. So I'm like, man, I got to go get it re. The best thing to do, yeah. spend a couple hundred bucks, get a good marine surveyor. Yeah. Get a marine surveyor on it, and then you take that to your insurance company and say, because you you get an, you can do. Uh, there's different types of ways they evaluate, and I'm not an insurance broker, mm-hmm. but I just I've been doing this long enough. <clears throat> no, this get, is great information because yeah, we have freshwater people that listen. They might this might help them yeah. as well. You know, freshwater. More importantly, most freshwater boats. You don't realize how easy it is. You could be on shore and awaken, you know, especially low low profile yeah. boats. Uh, have a suit happens all the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, you can have a policy that bases your, basically, it's like a. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's like a blue book of, of the value yes. of that type yes. of boat, or you could do what's called an agreed value policy. Let's say you have a, a 1985, tracker. Let's just you know, and it's worth the blue book says it's worth forty five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But you just put a brand new 150 on it. You yes. got a brand new Raytheon and you've got the C deck. You got all this stuff. You can go in and say, look, this is a, a $10,000 boat. I want to insure this for $10,000. Some insurance company will say, no, go pound sand because this is all we're going to do it for. <clears throat> what they'll do is they'll usually come back and just say, look, we're not going to give you 10. We won't insure it for 10, but we'll insure it for, let's say, half of the distance. Yes. But pay for, the more, pay for more insurance because at the end of the day, Sorry about that. That's Mike. all right. This is Mike stands bad. I've got to. Yeah. I got to change it. Anyway, um, at the end of the day, um, when it's all said and done, if you have a good salvage policy on your program, they pay they pay above and beyond the value of your boat up to the value of your boat for salvage. So mm-hmm. you don't have to pay the salvers. <clears throat> and if you insure your boat properly, 
you may not get a better boat than you had, but you got it. You can get a decent replacement. Exactly. Um, because it, you know, it, we just had a guy with a hundred thousand dollar boat uh, hit something in San Diego Bay, put his boat in a slip, and it sunk while he was standing there. Oh my and, god! And uh, <laughs> he had been paying uh, what he thought was full coverage insurance, and it turns out it was liability only. And uh, I got a cough. <laughs> no problem. <coughs> He's going to spray the COVID on us, guys. Yeah, yeah there he is. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, Rob. Um, no, so uh, where he thought he was fully covered, yeah, his liability only, his liability only insurance wouldn't even cover for us to raise the boat. Oh, that's horrible. So he had to come out of pocket to raise the boat. And now he's got a, the boat motors are wet. You know, that's 60 grand. Yeah. And, uh, didn't have a place to put the boat, so we put it on one of our trailers. I made him a deal, you know, got him. I, yeah. I took care of him, and now he's at a boat yard putting it back together. And if he would have hundred thousand dollar boat turned into one hundred fifty or sixty seventy thousand dollars. Well, boat. but again, it, you know, it's one of those things where you people just think because it's, everybody buys car insurance, and you just think, oh, okay, I got my car insurance because there's state minimums in there, and there's certain criterias that the like marinas require and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But a liability-only policy is not a good policy. That's if you have, like, I feel like a piece of shit car. <laughs> you just want to say, hey, it meets the requirements. If you got a boat you put your time and money or anything into, you're going to want to get the best policy you can. Yep. And this is something I didn't even know. This is, like, great knowledge for everyone listening. It's like, if well, you can go to someone that takes care of boats, go there, man. You don't but wanna... if you have – you have, so you have, you have company A um, – that you buy your policy for them, yeah, and you get a you get a, a full full coverage policy, and they charge you X amount of dollars, and then something happens, and we like it sinks your bait your bait well line breaks, yes, uh, something shorts out, the boat sinks in the slip, and two hundred bucks a foot. Let's just call it a twenty five foot boat, so it's five grand to raise the boat, and uh, I'm just using round numbers here, yeah, <clears throat> so. Company A goes, okay, well, here's your $30,000 for your boat, but you still got to pay the solver minus Another 500, grand, yeah. minus 500 or a thousand dollars. Or you have, you know, company B or in our case, company G <laughs> who pays above and beyond. So you got to, th- you get a $30,000 check and they covered everything. And they're like, we got this oh, taken care amazing. of. So yeah. really look into this stuff. And there's a lot of good companies out there. There really are. Um, and there are some companies and, and to be honest with you, some of the bigger names, Really be careful of, of, of that salvage site. And you don't think it, it'll ever happen to you, but it will happen, and it could happen to you. Yeah. Um, I'm not here today because I don't raise boats. <laughs> We've got, we have one that we just had a 70-footer on the beach in uh, Coronado that got washed up in the storm. Wow. Um, had Geico coverage. And this thing, the debris field was a mile long. Oh, my God. And uh, they paid for us to go in there with ground crews, pick up all the pieces, and then... I showed you the video of yeah. the uh, $23,000 or 22,000 pound keel we had to drag out of the surf. <clears throat> but, and then we had another one underneath Point Loma Nazarene. It was a 36 footer. We literally had to cut this thing up into pieces and carry it up a cliff. Oh my so the cost is something like that. And it's got, that's a marine sanctuary. It's got to be removed. I've got the signs. Yeah, that they, yeah, I can show yeah. You. They, they tell you what they're going to, the fines are, are, you have to move it to by law. It. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, just cover your cover your ass. And yeah. it's it's kind of funny. You're getting back to the old beater car. 
Yeah. A lot of people buy car, car insurance and they get the state minimums. And a good a good broker will say, hey, look, here's your state minimums. But, you know, for a little bit more money, this <clears throat> read your insurance is everything, yeah, especially, yeah. In, especially in California. Especially with the boat, man. Like, you, even if you, you buy a boat, you go, ah, oh, it cost me, you know, a grand, two grand, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you put another four, you know, another five, and like I did. And it's like I bought a brand new boat and decided to get a wild hair at my house to do it. So it's like I didn't think about that. I have AAA right now. And it's been fine and it's yeah. packaged. Yep, I didn't read the fine print. I don't know, so now so, I'm like, well, I'll look at the yep. Geico insurance. For yeah, sure. well, and, and again, AAA is a good company. Yeah, I'm not, and it, all state, State Farm. I don't care what company I'm speaking about; they're all good companies. I, yeah, I, but you you deal with I deal with certain, I, you know I deal with saying? I deal with the bad side of it. Yes, and uh, and I just my my life's experience is is some people have to have credit cards and some people have taken the time and had proper insurance. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some insurance companies when the company comes up on scene. They're confident that they're dealing with a good company. Mm-hmm. And there's others that just flat out say, look, man, you pay us and they may or we're not even going to tell you if you're going to get paid. You will. Yeah. They'll, they'll figure something out. Whether They'll pay you to their, their policy limits. But yeah. but don't – it's just that thing where it's almost a no-brainer. Like, for instance, if you have your little boat, let's say it's a $2,000 boat. Yeah. And you insure it for $2,000. And you roll it upside down off Point Loma in the Marine Sanctuary. And yeah. it, goes in, it goes into the, there's two tide pools there. Yeah. There's one that humans can go to and one humans can't go to. Okay. And it goes into that one. Okay. And you do, and you spill 20 gallons of gasoline oh, through there. Shit. Okay. Your environmental fines there are. Huge. Okay. Well, with every policy, there's an some sort of environmental, just to pay Coverage, the fines. Yeah, and. Yeah, and yeah. The Coast Guard won't be fine. It's the state of California, Department of Fishing Game. These guys will drop a fine because their job is to protect our waterfront, which yeah. they should be doing, and they do mm-hmm. a good job of it. The Coast Guard's got the teeth to make you do something or fine. The Department of Fishing Game, they're more, they want to see it done now, it done yesterday. Yes. And, uh, but again, just, just a little bit of insurance pays for that just like with towing you know yeah. we have people that go offshore and it's like oh, i never thought i'd no, break I down to, i need to get renew mine Mine's- <laughs> off the air i can take care of you <laughs> yeah I, I i haven't done it because i haven't driven my boat for six months I'm like yeah. oh, i need to get a new one um yeah but no i mean uh everything you said has been like a wealth of information like a, a boat for a boat owner like make sure you check your plans make yep. sure you do this all the information you gave us um if someone wants to sign up, where do they go? Uh, Towboat US San Diego. Okay. Um, uh, actually, our Facebook page, Towboat. So when they sign up for you, does that cover them everywhere? Yeah. Okay. Any, anywhere in the country. Okay. Awesome. Any, and it's on any boat you own, borrow, or charter. Oh. Now, when I say own, borrow, or charter, it's any boat you own, any boat you borrow, or any boat that you bear boat charter. Like if I rented a boat from you, I'm covered. So if I if I said hey to my buddy I bought his boat it broke down you guys could you're covered um, now you can't be a charter boat and be covered that's no a, no I understand that's yeah. a commercial membership which I offer personally out of San Diego oh okay but the, only out of San Diego because it's my own deal, deal but yeah um, and for you know one hundred fifty nine dollars for a captain's card that covers or I'm, I'm sorry an unlimited it's the whole vessel assist stuff <laughs> is um, it the gold there's two different ones yeah gold so the one hundred fifty nine dollars covers you to forty miles offshore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good for your smaller boats that are going to stay in, in shore. Yeah. 
uh, fuel deliveries, uh, jump starts, soft groundings, towing. Wow. If you need a prearranged tow, again, the smaller boats you really don't, they're usually trailerable, pays 50% of the dock-to-dock towing. Oh, that's amazing. <clears throat> then our gold card covers 100 miles offshore, and that's from where the tower's port is. So technically, if you're 50 miles south of San Diego, I could tow you to Dana Point for, for the same membership. That's amazing. Yeah. And, Especially if you have a big boat and you're running yeah. down there, it's like, why not? Well, you know, and, and again, you know, the smaller boats, uh, you know, 40 miles is a run. I, I hear these guys in these small boats, oh, yeah, we went 60 miles off. And then, yeah, we towed you in. You were only 24 <laughs> miles off. It looked like 60. It's like those guys that get the fish and put them up real. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like close. But don't get me wrong. We've, we've towed, we've towed 16 foot boats out of San Clemente. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. People are crazy. Um, 16 yeah. foot boat out of San Clemente. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whaler? Uh, Had to have been a no, whaler. No, we've towed a, we just, I think we just towed a a 16-foot Intrepid from 40 South. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, I mean, again, it's, and that guy is perfectly comfortable on his boat, and that's fine. I, yeah. Personally, I wouldn't do it, but, Hell but, no. but again, you know, I'm not here to, I know guys who. Well, but you, you're not here to say something, but hey, guess who's on the ocean more than anyone? Yeah. Well, again, it's one of those things. So it's kind of like, what's the smallest boat you take to Catalina? Me? Yeah. <laughs> the ferry, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want to take mine. What do you think? No. Pick um, the days? <laughs> no, you, you pick it. Again, you got to remember, you know, the afternoon wind's going to happen. Yeah. Look at your look at your wind charts. What do you use uh, for an app for wind charts? Um, Actually, we've been using uh, Weather Alert. Okay. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, Can Noah, anyone get that? Yeah, just it's, it's a an app of, on the phone. Yeah, just okay. an app on your phone. Um, uh, we use uh, and even uh, like uh, Navionics has a good charting yes. program. Yeah, and if you if you hit a spot with a little weather thing there, it comes. It'll right give out, you a yeah. weather tide thing. Um, always check and uh, NOAA. Always check NOAA. I don't care what app you have. Always check NOAA and match it because NOAA is going to tell you what the what all the money is looking at yeah right you know and yeah. these apps are all pulling off of sea buoys and stuff mm-hmm. it's all you know and, and they're all good um we like looking at windy sometimes my one of my guys is a surfer um and uh but always check your weather have a checklist you're gonna go fishing tomorrow just have a checklist start the boat up before you leave the driveway just make sure it cranks over because we won't you know Getting all the way down to the launch ramp. I started ramp doing that, just going yep, real all quick. All you do is hear it. It doesn't have to start. Just hit, okay, the battery's good. Yeah. <laughs> have a checklist. Make sure you have everything. Have a ditch bag. Yeah. Um, you don't need a big ditch bag. You know, make sure you got what you need in it. Um, make sure you got some granola bars, uh, some sort of dry food, just in case. I mean, if 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 you took if you were in a bigger boat, let's say you're in a 24 footer, yeah, and, and you go 70 miles off. Okay. Well, I got to tell you back. So we we can usually make on most days twenty to twenty five knots. So you got to figure that time coming back, and we're only going to tow you back at five or six knots, depending on the weather. And you might get a little hungry, and and my guys are they don't they have food for themselves, but it's not like we bring you supplies. <laughs> hey, we're not bringing you a tuna sandwich, yeah. buddy. <laughs> um, but just have some extra snacks. Yeah. Basically, more more importantly, water. And uh, the I think one thing set up an emergency plan. You know, okay, what happens if it all goes wrong. Yeah. You know, um, set up a float plan. I know Boat US does the float plans. I know, I think the Coast Guard might, I'm not sure. Set up a float plan. Uh-huh. Call up, say, hey, I'm going fishing. I'm going to go out. I'm going to be back by nine o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. And if at nine o'clock you're not back, you don't make that call, then they make the call. Yeah. Um, 
and again, it's just just be safe. Think about what you're doing. Um, if something's not right with your boat, stop. Just go home, figure it out, go great fishing piece, another day. Great piece of advice. Um, also, can they find you on Facebook or Instagram? Yeah, it's or? Uh, Towboat US San Diego. Um, uh, I've got a website, towboatussandiego.com. Okay. My Facebook is Towboat US San Diego. My Instagram is Towboat US San Diego. Great. And I'm going to sign up for them. I suggest everyone that's fishing like I am, Calicos and stuff, sign up. Because even if you got a brand new boat, I've been in boats that are brand new that broke down. So it doesn't if, matter. If anybody mentions uh, your podcast, I will give them $50 off a membership. There you go. So if you guys mention Cast and Crank, I'll mention it on Monday. You guys are going to get 50 off. Uh, go to their website. Check them out. Thanks again for making the trek up here. Very informative podcast. I appreciate it, you coming on. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care.